0: What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci fi but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Town TV. Find us on our website at BingetownTV.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast.
1: Hey everybody, thank you for listening to an episode of Horror Movie Night. We're just here to remind you that in about a month from now, we will be doing the Twitter takedown for ALS. So if you go to www.twitch.com backslash GeekscapeTV, you should be able to find the Twitch stream on June 23rd. I will be live on there right at midnight. And by noon, Scott and Adam will have joined me, and we will be just crushing through movies. So make sure that you are keeping an eye out for all the information that we are Dropping about that uh, all around our Facebook page. But now, let's talk about another werewolf movie since Weird Howling went so well last week. Weird Howling. My transformation. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, how stupid are you and your friends? On a scale of uh, starting a horror movie podcast to bungee jumping off the Eiffel Tower, where exactly do you land? This week, we land right in the middle, because we watched American Werewolf in Paris. Adam's questioning his childhood, Matt's making us smoothies, and Scott's ready to rave on horror movie night. So Adam, this was one of the movies that you would... Put on a giant list for for Scott and I to pull from. Pull oh, from Adam what we did. This. Oh, yeah. Shit,
2: is this is this an Adam pick? Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, this is this is actually um, funny
3: because before the uh, before the last episode we recorded, we were discussing another episode that you that I have watched the movie for, and you're like, what what movie are you talking about? That was on your list too, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh man, I, I, I just can't I can't win for losing on this fucking thing I choose movies I, I that I actively want and you guys bitch me out and then, you know, I just make a big old list and all of a sudden, the next thing I know we're watching American Werewolf in Paris and it's fucking garbage yeah but, you it, gave us, I,
1: <laughs> yeah, but you gave us Hey, that list gave us the blob and that was a fun episode, so That's true.
2: That, I mean, that was bound to happen eventually, though Here's Here's the thing about American Werewolf in Paris Alright I watched it maybe three, four days ago Maybe, maybe more like five, six days ago, I watched it and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that was a movie." I've completely forgotten it since then. <laughs> I, know, I know that there was a couple of scenes uh, with some titties.
1: Yeah, so, I, I remember that much. But. So I, okay, so I can't say that I love this movie because that would not be true. But there is a very special place in my heart it's a very special
3: place in your
2: pants
1: no heart and, heart and heart pants yeah, it's, for, it's a tight
2: it's a tight spot near it, the front of your pants
1: yeah <laughs> this is definitely part of like i would say that there was like five horror movies that were like the five first ones that really got me sucked in and we've talked about scream we've talked about frighteners we talked about alligator this one's right up there i saw this before i saw american werewolf in london which may be a big factor in my feelings about it. And I've even been on other podcasts talking about this movie. I think I was on Greatest Movie Ever to discuss this movie before. It's a bad movie. I'm never going to pretend that it's not a bad movie, but I have so much fun with this movie. I still think it's one of the best soundtracks to come out of, like, the 90s horror. Because it's just got all that good Uh. alternative rock that I love. I know it's not really... It's not really...
3: Uh... As long as you understand that it's not, like,
1: really good, it's just good for you. Yeah, it's good hey, for me. Hey, It's got hey, the Suicide Matt? Machines on it. <laughs> hey, Matt, uh,
2: we got Rose Garden by Suicide Machines coming up. <laughs> this one's coming out to you, buddy. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's got Mouth by Bush. This okay, that Scott, is the best Scott, Scott, how, how
2: old were you when you saw this movie for the first time?
3: Uh, What? Is this 98? 97. 99. 97? Oh. Yeah. Um, I was uh probably about 14 because I saw it right when it came out on video.
2: Oh, so okay. you saw it when it was pretty new, eh?
3: I saw it right when it came out on video because I love werewolves, and uh, it had bush mouth in it, on it. Yeah. Like, it's,
1: I mean, I
0: got, it, it sold it for me.
1: Bush mouth is yeah. a yeah. great name for, like, eating someone else. <laughs>
3: As you as said, I thought you were, like, were going to do the the the, the all star joke, but you went for a little bit more obscure. So, congratulations. Um,
2: um, I feel like this is sort of for our generation for for the people that sort of grew up in the nineties like us. This is sort of like a formative horror movie. Now, it's not good. I don't think it's a good fucking movie, but it was definitely something that we all saw back then that we all remember somewhat fondly. Uh, like I I remembered it fondly. And that's why I put it on the list. But re-watching it, it was... It was just fucking
1: yeah, shit. It was, dude, not, you, it was a really so, stupid movie. So my biggest problem with this movie, watching it now, is that there's a lot of ideas that I still think are pretty cool ideas. Um, and a lot of visuals that if it wasn't CGI werewolves I think would have been really really cool like I I will say that my probably my favorite werewolf in any movie just because I like the sequence is like the werewolf strapped to a hospital bed with its legs cut off like crawling towards someone like that to me is just a yeah. really cool image like there's a lot of yeah, that's cool, cool. cool pieces of imagery buried in an otherwise mediocre and forgettable movie. I don't think it's a bad movie, it's just a dumb forgettable movie.
3: Yeah, well, I guess that the thing that hurts this film the most is the the very poorly um aged CGI of the werewolves. They really look bad.
2: Yeah, and, and they, they, went, they
3: went full out with it, too. Like, they had a lot of CG werewolves in this movie. And I don't think that really much of the transformations at all were based in practical effects then layered with CGI. I think that that's, like, kind of a CGI 2.0 kind of concept where in the mid-90s when they were doing movies like American Werewolf in Paris, it was, like, full speed ahead. Completely CGI, so we only have to do mocap. We don't actually have to do because you know, like the um, the thing remake that they did in like 2011 or whatever it was, they did almost completely practical, and then they were going to layer uh, CGI over top of it, and then some suits got involved, and were like more CGI, and so they like completely ruined that film because they took out a lot of the practical effects. This movie, I'm pretty sure, is completely CGI. I don't think that any of those shots look like they were CGI'd over top of practical effects, and that is the worst thing that you could do.
2: Yeah, no, I I don't think there was a single practical transformation in this movie.
1: No, I think I think literally the Gurney Wolf is the only one that's ever for a second not CGI. Oh, you're right.
3: That one is that's that's an actual suit, but I'm pretty sure that's the only suit. Although that when Julie Delby takes her top off, that might be. But it's also such a quick cut and it's like shaky cam and stuff that I don't – I couldn't quite tell. But as I said, I think that's the biggest problem with this film is that it just doesn't age well. Also – They kill the best
1: character really fast because that's my other issue. I was always bummed about that. Which character? His friend that gets killed to me is like the best character in the movie and he gets like axed so quickly in this film that it... But the thing is, is
3: that you, you need to have... If it's going to be the spiritual successor, which is exactly what it was of yeah. American Werewolf London, you have to have the best friend who's a zombie ghost.
1: Yeah. So do you know the story... Um, and I, I think I've mentioned this... I may have mentioned this in Reddit Horror Club days and I'm sure you guys have forgotten it now. But do you know the story of the screenplay for this movie? Like who who is credited for writing it even though they didn't write it. No, no. Uh, the writer of this script was um, Tom Stern, who was the writer-director of Freaked. and Holy shit. What How the, have you never
2: told us this story so before? So
1: what happened was when he sold Freaked, when they took Freaked to 20th Century Fox, the deal was that they were going to make Freaked and that he would get to write American Werewolf in Paris, which was an idea that he had wanted to do for years, and that he would write a movie called Pinocchio's Revenge, which is what he wanted to do for years. When Freaked... When they, like, purposely made Freaked Bomb, they took... They bought those scripts off of him and then just threw them to some other writer but kept his name on it. He said that there's not a single page or word from his original American Werewolf in Paris script anywhere in this movie, but, like, it's on his resume now for, like, all eternity is one of the things that he wrote. Um, cause Ugh, of just, like, wouldn't
2: you love to be attached to this fucking man?
1: Because <laughs> like, he was like, he's like, I'll tell you one thing that wasn't in my script: some fucking bungee jumping off <laughs> the Eiffel Tower wasn't anywhere in mine. Like, but it was the '90s; stuff was so
2: extreme back
1: then. We had the X Games. Yeah, and shit. this was is definitely extreme. this is definitely that post grunge era where we went past like wanting to be boring slackers to be like we're going to jump off everything <laughs> like it was such like a dramatic shift um yeah this movie just it it really is forgettable um there's there's the topless scene which we could talk about for hours uh that to me if if critters 2 was was scott's scott's movie uh that like 5 to 10 seconds in this was mine for for a long time
3: yeah that VHS tape it took a, a- Let's just say it took a beating.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, allow me to embarrass myself here. Um, that was a large portion of why I chose this movie. Because I remembered it having, you know, nudity in it. And, and, I, and I I liked that when I was younger, when I was, like, 12 or whatever, when this fucking thing came out. Um, or when I saw it for the first time, at least. But that scene is, it's almost nothing. Yeah, There's really nothing you, to it. If like you he,
1: took that scene out of this movie, it could have been a PG-13 film. like Easily. Easily. easily.
2: Yeah. And he, I, I think what I was thinking at the time when I was like 12, 13 was like, I would also like to touch boobs. That'd be cool. <laughs> I if would I could like to do that to as well. Oh, yeah. boobs. Yeah, yeah. Julie, like, um, she had, uh, well, they were, I'd like maybe bigger boobs than that. But oh, whatever. I, I'm not going to complain. Dude, I'm 12, listen. 13.
1: I'll take what I can get here. All right. Like, dude, and look, she saying that it will relax 26. you, and it probably no, would have
3: honestly, if Julie Delpy was in front of you, I don't think that you'd be complaining about the size of her breasts.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm a grown man now. I just pay to
1: touch tits. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Julie Delpy is also uh, a thousand times better than when Tom Everett Scott finds the most obnoxious American girl in history in the middle of this movie.
3: <laughs> yes. Um. By the way, the I watched this movie with headphones on as I am want to do for this podcast. But the entire time in my brain, all I'm screaming is, Claire! Because that's, that's the modern family. Oh, shit. I like, didn't realize that. I mean, well, to be I've fair, only, had i have only a good amount of work done.
1: Well, I've only ever had modern family, like, I've only ever caught, like, the last, like, five minutes of episodes before. um, wrestling comes on,
2: but... <laughs> oh, man, Modern is a decent, decent no, show. You should check No, everything that, out. that I've seen, I've
1: enjoyed. Fun. I just have to, like, sit down, and I, I feel like it's one of those shows that I really should probably start at the beginning and work my way through instead of just, like, grabbing random episodes. Um, because Julie it, Bowen is her name, yes. by the way. There we go. Uh, but, yeah, this movie's just kind of... I don't know. It's such a weird movie, because it's, it's one of those... I feel like everyone has, like, one or two movies where it's, like... Every part of you knows when you're watching it that it's a bad movie, and even, like, deep down, you probably know that you don't enjoy it, but you're just like, no, but, like, like this, the power of nostalgia just, like, gets you through it every single time, and that's that's this one for me. I Every time I watch it, I'm more and more aware that it is not a good movie, but, like... I, just watch I I kind of spent the whole
2: time I, I spent the whole time watching it, giving it way more breaks than it really deserved. Yeah. To ha-
1: no, and that's I think that's what I'm trying to say. Like, but I watched this movie so much as a kid. Like, I still knew when I was watching it for this, I knew every like music cue. I knew like like I just had it all down. Um. Oh, you know what's another part that I really like in this movie? That's a cool concept. Is uh, because like I said, this movie's got lots of cool concepts. I like the concept. Of like using the the fucking injections so that you can turn into a werewolf whenever you want instead of having to wait on the moon, and like the look of when they're all in the monk robes, but like they've they're handcuffed to people and stuff. Like there's like I said, there's occasionally really cool ideas in this movie, but I dislike
2: the idea of the injections just because it gives the movie more excuses to show bad CG. <laughs> <judgment>. <laughs> That's
1: very true. But like if it was a good if it was a good werewolf transformation. Well, if this was a different movie then yeah, <laughs> it would be a pretty good fucking movie.
2: <laughs> if me and you sat down and rewrote this with John Hamm as the main character, <laughs> oh god. Odd.
3: Can you imagine John Hamm like looking at the camera and just being like I'm Spartacus?
1: I don't know though, could <laughs> Could John Hamm have the same charisma as Tom Everett Scott? <laughs> Sorry, did you did you mistake
2: this main character for having charisma? In the movie?
1: <laughs> you... Dude, do you remember that like year that Tom Everett Scott was in everything and then was just gone? I remember that
2: year that Tom Everett Scott was in like two movies
1: and yeah. you watched do- them both. And too, thought too that he was in a lot of movies. Love. Yes. Yeah, Look, he, he was, was in. Are, I think you're sleeping on his best movie then, because there was this, there was that thing you do, and then there was the masterpiece known as Dead Man on Campus.
3: a <laughs> Les <laughs> Bose Alison Hangin
1: I did forget about Dead Man on Campus.
3: <laughs> God, I'm fucking, uh, you're not even British. <laughs>
1: I rewatched that like fairly recently, and that movie absolutely holds up. Like, I didn't think it would, and I was blown Dead away by how Kips- funny it is. Dan
3: Aykins is amazing. <laughs> I, am, I oh my god, the, Ichabod Crane. Back when I had my metal band, we were going to do a fucking Matt Noonan t-shirt because that character is hilarious. Like, <laughs> and and we you, we used his quotes constantly. Um, actually, can you swap out the regular Heart movie night intro? For this. What good is sitting alone in the room (laughs) feel the music play like this a cab Oh fuck me (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh my god. I
3: love them (laughs) not
1: My brother will every once in a while my brother will try to call me and I'll be at work and I don't get the phone call but I'll see that I have a I'll see that I have a voicemail and I'm like all right, let's hear what this is. And like nine times out of ten, the voicemail is just him doing Cliff's rap from from Dead Man on Campus. He's like, "My name <laughs> when is, Cliff, is Cliff, brother of Joe. I got me some <laughs> smack. I want me some hoes." <laughs> oh, they hate it when
3: you do this. Oh, my God.
1: Man, we should just watch Deadman Man on Campus. <laughs> it would have been a better episode.
3: No, this is this is Dead Man on Campus. I'm quitting, I'm quitting this podcast. Stop. I'm quitting this podcast. Stop. I'm quitting
0: this podcast.
2: You there, buddy? So what, did you, what, did, what did you guys watch this week? Obviously, Dead Man on Campus.
1: Well, um,
2: you're about to. I, I'm
1: sure of that. Uh, so wait, is there anything else we want to go over with American
3: Werewolf? I Paris? have so many. I have, like... Thirty fucking notes for this movie, and we have not touched any of them. All right, them. go crush it, burn
2: them down, man,
3: burn right. them down. Get, get us go. There. Bullet point one: You always know they're a doctor by their white lab coat, whereas that scientist doesn't matter. This movie doesn't matter. Uh, why do <laughs> werewolves sound like lions? Uh, Scott Stapp is a real doucher here. That's the, um, the his friend, friend that also yeah. wears a muscle shirt. Bungee jumping off the Eiffel Tower seems like such a fucking dumb idea. Would splattering yourself kill a lycanthrope, or would you just reform from the pink goo? It's a good question.
1: Well, Monster um, Squad, Monster Squad would say that if it's not a silver bullet, the death doesn't hold. True, as
3: does um, if you're a, if you're going to take blade as a uh, another monster movie trope, uh, you can cut where a, a vampire in half, and the the blood will recongeal. Uh, and, okay, so Julie Delpy was a serious crush for me in high school Matt feels me on that uh, I remember, remember re- renting this tape multiple times uh, But then we go up to the Eiffel Tower to drink wine and not bungee. I, I forgot that they did not go originally up to the Eiffel Tower to, to bungee. It was to uh, to drink wine, uh, I guess But then there's a Smash Mouth monster. said
0: this Kill me, kill me, kill me <laughs>
3: man I, I hope that that doesn't become a thing on the podcast because what,
1: you don't like our fourth host
3: <laughs> it's a- adam is now a cyborg from uh, justice league we'll call it atham <laughs> yeah. y'all y'all ever see that movie her <laughs> adam are you going to become my lover
2: I look, I look a bit like. I mean, if I don't shower for a couple of days, I look a little bit like Wakan Phoenix.
3: I thought you that you looked like uh, Scarlett Johansson. I'm like, yeah, you do, girlfriend. Um, but we're missing the best part of this movie: the Smash Mouth montage. Uh, it, it really dates it at 1997.
2: Um, yeah, I did appreciate their use of fucking Smash
3: Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: the the uh, only song in the movie not to make it on the soundtrack, too, just side note. <laughs> you
3: you want to know why? Because it probably costs too much in royalties. Because Smash Mouth was making fucking bank in 97. Yeah. And now look at them. Now um, people throw loaves of bread at them
1: in concert. <laughs> well, or their song is just the the most random. Like, they have replaced Rick Rolling now.
3: Yes, yeah. All Star is. It. But this
1: wasn't All Star. It was Walking on the Sun, wasn't yeah. it? Which is definitely the better of their singles. I mean that's not saying much but anyway so I mean, it's uh,
2: all bad music if you're listening to smash mouth a man you might as well be walking on the sun and so i that, mean
1: i have yeah, quite I a that. few of their yeah that
2: story. was pretty weak let's cut <laughs> let's uh let's i quit i'm quitting the.
3: oh energy adam all right so the best character in this movie is the um the head of the bad werewolves who goes i love americans <laughs> uh that that club scene actually is my favorite part of the movie though. Uh it's kind of nightmarish when they're like whoo 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 you know they're in their little huddle and then they the, the strokes hitting real hard and uh the music gets like all industrial cuz it's so brutal and then they start turning into werewolves and eating people which that scene is cool. That I will give that movie that. This movie that. That's about the only good thing I can say about the movie. But the CGI looks Bad. um
2: What is that band that does the like Du Hast song? What is that?
1: Ramstein.
2: Ramstein. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but this Ramstein. is um. They're it's called not. Carolina Spine. I think is their. Well, name Well,
2: I'm just. I'm just saying, like, if Ramstein had been around at the time, they definitely oh, yeah. they were. would have. Been oh,
1: they were. they were. They were.
3: This they was, just weren't popular enough in America.
1: Yeah it was like a year or two later they like had Duhas. Duhas came out in 98. I'm almost positive yeah they just missed the they just missed their big chance to be on the American werewolf in Paris um,
3: almost almost
2: squeaked in there <laughs> um,
1: <yeah. laughs> I have another question for you guys why would six fucking
3: werewolves need to eat 30 people?
2: Yeah. yeah, it seems excessive especially when she makes him that smoothie that has like one heart in it, right? And yeah. that, that's good. Like he's he's set after that. <laughs> yeah. So, it seems like maybe they're just maybe they have like eating disorders or something.
1: <laughs> maybe they're just that's the
3: only... binge purge. Well,
2: yeah, maybe that's gonna like... binge
1: purge. <laughs> Maybe they don't eat until the next full moon like in their human bodies are just like, "Man, eh, whatever. I'm full. I'm all full from me. those humans that I destroyed."
3: They maul thirty, like six people a piece, or say five people a piece, and then they're like laying around holding their like food babies, and they're like, "Oh, I ate so many Americans, I'm so fat." And
1: then they're where they like, "Were their <laughs> fridge is just filled with body parts?" <laughs> like,
2: I want them to be like pretty gaunt Frenchmen, uh, and then they turn into werewolves, eat all those people, and when they like revert back, they're look just like fat, big old fat. Yeah, they're just fat <laughs> yeah. people.
3: Like, this movie could have <laughs> been so much. Better if it would have had actual criticism of Americans. If it would have put, if it would have taken us Americans down a peg as shitty tourists, it would have been amazing. But all it did was kind of reinforce how fucking cool, like, and extreme these dudes were. I, I don't know. It wasn't like, you know, if we're talking uh, European vacation films from the '90s, I mean, Europe Trip did it better.
2: If, if this movie was made by actual French people, they 100% would have spit right in your face. And and Americans would not be portrayed very nicely in this movie, but it was made by Americans in France, so...
3: Yeah, okay, that explains a lot. But then You're, we're at the... We're, we're finally past all the stuff that, um, that doesn't matter, and we get to the Julie Bowen... I mean, the uh, Julie Delpy topless scene, uh, and I just imagine Matt, like trying to cup boobs in the air going oh. Yep. we watch the scene.
1: Literally uh, in my bed doing just that as that happens.
3: I feel like that's a weekly occurrence for Matt. Maybe it's only monthly. Maybe it has to do with the full moon. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, here's another question. Can werewolves see each other's ghosts?
2: Like see the like zombie the people that are walking around?
3: Like... Yeah, like yeah. It's just it's something to think about It doesn't really matter because nothing in this movie matters But does uh, Does Julie Delpy ever acknowledge The guy that's following him around
2: Well he well, I
1: mean Tom Everett Scott say. Sees her mom so that's like That's why I asked that yeah, yeah, right there. It's just weird uh, it doesn't matter um, but Well and then, I think so the werewolves I think the werewolves see the American girl That he murdered when she's like screaming For their attention When he's hiding
3: Yeah I thought so too but it's not very well fleshed out doesn't matter. Again, none of this matters. Uh,
2: <laughs> when the script calls for it, I guess. Yes,
3: exactly. So, um, did you guys? You guys remember that movie, Senseless, with Jamie Way- or with one of the Wayans brothers in it?
1: Yeah, and David Spade.
3: Okay, well, of course, Matt remembers it. Um, there was, there's seriously a senseless montage in this movie where um, where Tom Everett Scott starts to get his werewolf senses, and then the dog starts humping his leg. That is absolutely...
1: Holy the, the shit, problem. you're right.
3: Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so then you meet Julie Bowen's character, and he, like, sniffs the air, and he's like, is that Hello Kitty or something like that? And I thought that he was going to be like, wait, I smell two people fucking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't have to be a werewolf to smell sex from
3: oh, <laughs> wow, Adam, sex a away. Wow. That's how gross sex is. <laughs> oh, maybe your sex. I mean, my sm- sex smells like rose petals.
2: Um, I will have to refer to the case of Outcast v Roses uh, in this situation. Uh, it turns out that roses really smell like poo poo poo,
1: which I could not believe was the actual lyric to that song when I looked up yeah, the lyrics.
3: Yeah, thought it was the like radio
1: edit. <laughs>
2: Y'all are giving Andre three thousand too much
0: credit, (laughs) man. But he
2: was the best.
1: He was the better of the (laughs) outcasts.
2: Well, yeah, no shit, big boy thinks the Earth is flat.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is he in the current administration's cabinet? (laughs) Uh, um, Give it time. The time when we get to the the penultimate scene in this film where they are having another americans only um party in this burnt out cathedral Um, the head werewolf has another great line he goes you we are free from the trappings of technological advance uh and then he i'm like uh, and my question is how will you cut your ridiculous sideburns then man uh, because he has like, gigantic and but they don't really it, – it's not that funny, so you probably cut that. Um, <laughs> I, think uh, scissor, I think scissors have been around for a while, Scott. I, <laughs> probably – you could probably take care of those. I don't know. Uh, so there's a really weird part where there's an upbeat rock song playing when Andy runs away from everybody.
1: Oh, that's fastball.
3: <laughs> is it fastball. Okay, yeah. that's, it's very, very. It's like they had one song left on the soundtrack. They're like, "We got to add this to the movie somehow," and that's, this is just where it fell.
1: Makes sense. Yeah, uh, he's uh, running down the stairwell and everything. Yeah, one hundred percent fastball.
2: Um, <laughs> Matt, man, I'm I'm just gonna throw this out here. What is track four of this soundtrack?
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure track four is the uh, the song by the Refreshments. Um, right, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. That's What's on that? the train. When they're on the train. Or it's better it's either the refreshments or it's the Better Than Ezra song. It's one of those two. Better than oh, Ezra is number thinking. three. Damn it.
2: <laughs> cake. It's cake. It's never oh. gonna give you up by cake. Oh, I don't even remember that song Dude, in this fuck. movie. <laughs> Dude, way off, Matt. God, get 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 off this call. <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right, continue your notes, Scott. <clears throat> that's it. Bad CGI is my last note okay it. i just deleted my notes i'm done
1: okay so there's a um i do want to give a quick shout out to the american werewolf in paris soundtrack for the glass yeah, it's
3: listening it's listening to you matt time to shine
1: all right the last the last song on this soundtrack is a song called love beast in paris by smooth Diamonds. yes that would be the one it is an r&b song and it is the shittiest song I think I've ever heard in my entire life. Because it is literally a dude who is trying to write a sexy love anthem while also trying to tie it into the movie American Werewolf in Paris. So he's making, like, weird wolf growls, but he's trying to do it, like, sexy to go with the song. It's horrendous. So it's really uh, really
2: going for it. Yeah. Eh?
1: So uh, definitely, if you have some time, check out Love Beast in Paris.
0: What's up everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast Binge Town TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast.
1: Uh, So what did you guys watch this week? I finally
3: watched the original, and I'm embarrassed to say that I um, never watched it until now, but I finally watched the original 1961 or 1960, uh, 13 Ghosts. Uh, it's on Shutter, and it was a delight. That uh, that has Vincent Price in it, correct? No, it does not. No?
1: No, no it's that's, William I, Castle.
3: It's a William oh. Castle film, but it, it came. It's it's one of the three big ones, right? It's Thirteen Ghosts, um, The Tingler, and uh, uh, shit. What's the third one where they had all the like they they did well, the they, um. He
1: did House on Haunted Hill as well. House he on was, Haunted Hill. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, I thought for a
2: second there that it was positively ghoulish, but.
1: No, no, this is, <laughs> no one of the, just, this is one of the non-positively ghoulish uh, films from that era. And the weirdest thing about
3: it really is the fact that the pacing is so odd. Like, there's no action, and you're like five minutes away from the end of the movie, and you think, well, how, how are they going to wrap up? Because I know how the movie's going to end, because I saw the remake. How are you going to wrap this movie up in five minutes or less? And then they do it. It's just crazy.
1: You know what? Actually, I just realized I don't think I've ever seen that one. I was thinking of... I was like, yeah, I've seen that, but I'm thinking of the original House on Haunted Hill.
3: No, no. The For original, 13 Ghosts is... I don't know why I never desired to, to watch it, but it's... It it's has fine. to be
1: dramatically different than the remake. Though. It's incredibly different. Yeah. It's got the same
3: general cast in different places. Um, I will say that I would pick the remake any day over the original, um,
1: but it's, it's, it's still fun. I'd give it a watch.
2: You go ahead, Matthew. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring us home in
1: a minute here. Ooh, I hope that means what I think it means. Um, I am going to give a quick shout-out to a podcast that uh, is only about two episodes deep right now, and I'm really, really digging it. Uh, it's called Labeled, The Rumors, Myths, and Legends of Tooth & Nail Records. Uh, it is a podcast hosted by two of the members of Emery and the drummer from As Cities Burn. Each episode focusing on a different band that was on Tooth and Nail Records and going through like all of the history of that band. Um, The first episode is on Further Seems Forever, which is like one of my all time favorite bands, and I found that episode absolutely interesting and captivating. Uh, Kind of like
3: Chris Caraba, Further Seems Forever? Yeah.
1: Like they interview Chris Caraba, they interview uh, Jason, who was the second vocalist, they interview the guys who recorded the albums. They really break down why. why they could not keep a lead singer for the life of them. Um, but I will say that uh, there's a lot of cool stuff that, to, to be noted in there. But the thing that caught me off guard that I didn't realize was that uh, they never once played a single show with Chris Caraba as their lead singer after the band came uh, after their first album came out. He had huh. already quit the band before they went in the studio. Because he had given them a bunch of Dashboard confessional songs and they said no to them. So he started playing acoustically and was getting offers to do Dashboard solo. So he basically said that he would not um, record the vocals to the album unless he got released from his tooth and nail contract to go elsewhere with Dashboard music. Uh, so that was like kind of an interesting thing that I never had a clue about. But there's like tons of interesting things about that band throughout that entire uh 45-minute episode. So if you're a fan of the band at all, definitely worth checking out. Um, And Adam, take us home. And maybe, uh, should I be looking at the clock?
2: Flavor, 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 man. Flavor, 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 man. Flavor, 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 man. Flavor, 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 man. All right. So I tell you what I did in the uh, interim. We we had quite quite a, a lengthy break. Between uh, the last time that we recorded an episode and this block of episodes that we're recording right now, right?
3: Yes, absolutely.
2: Well, what I went ahead and did was watch the entirety of Season 3 of Flavor of Love. Oh my Um, god. We are not done the saga that is Season 2 yet. Uh, because there's too much to to dig into there but um let's let's go over i'll just give you a general overview of everything that happened in in season three of uh and i watched it in about four days like i i burned through 16 episodes in four days just fucking slammed them right out 45 minutes per episode by the way jesus you know that my time is valuable um (laughs) so season three of favor of love is kind of like an anomaly in that flavor did not want to do it he was contractually obligated to do it which gives you a a, a sort of an idea of you know just how serious you should take the first two seasons right uh if he ends up with a woman i mean he's already contractually obligated to do the third season so how's that fucking relationship gonna play out you think yeah um so the season one winner uh went on to date shaquille o'neal Actually, she dated Shaquille O'Neal. How'd that work Uh, out for? Well, she uh, actually uh, told everybody about how big his penis was, which apparently, apparently, fucking huge. Like the size. Like we're normal sized people, right? Shaquille O'Neal is a giant, a giant among men. Um, his penis is apparently the size of one of our legs. So wow. I mean, maybe
3: I need to work my legs out more.
2: Yeah, I mean, you don't skip leg days, Scott. You don't skip, like, unless you Hugh Jackman. Unless uh, yeah, exactly. Well, that's true. Um and then the season two winner, um, Flav claims that she went like she left him so that she could go and promote uh, a, a line of blue jeans that she was releasing. She what? denies that, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I don't know whose side to take. I I tend to lean towards Flav's side because God, I just I fucking love that golem of a man. All right, um, <laughs> So, anyways, um, you know, that just gives you the kind of headspace that Flav's in when we get into this season, right? He doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to be here. He's contractually fucking being forced to do it. Just wants nothing to do do with it, alright? So, um, he opens the show by saying, like, yo, there's not gonna be a season four. I'm gonna find love. I have to find love, because I'm not fucking doing this again. Like, I'm just not, I I don't want to do it again, right? So, um, you know same same as all the other seasons he gives you know all the girls nicknames because he's just a horrible horrible terrible person so here's a, here's a couple of nicknames for you um hotlanta Ugh. seasons c seasons with a z at the end there um sincere spelled s i n c e e r sincere um and then there's twins there's twins on this season so he names them thing one and thing two now when they wow. first, when they first meet them, it is heavily implied that their intention is to have a threesome with flavor Flavor.
3: Ugh.
2: that seems like it, he's like well what, what do i do if i gotta send one of y'all home and they're like, mm, nah, you're not going to have to do that, Flav. I mean, you can have us both, man. What's up? Like,
3: <laughs> oh, God, I'm cringing my face off.
2: Man, it's gross as fuck. It's super gross. So anyways, you know, that's whatever. So um, five of the girls that are in this first episode were voted in on on VH1.com, like voted in by Internet poll or whatever. And the Internet chose the ugliest Ter- like, worst girls <laughs> for, to, to go on the show. And Flav sends four out of five of these internet picks home this episode. He sends them home in the <laughs> elimination ceremony. And he, he straight mugs to the camera. And he's like, yo, internet, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, why why are y'all doing this to me? And it's like, well, Flav, because it's funny. Like, <laughs> obviously, why not? <laughs> like Um... So, all right, uh, you know, let's just – we'll speed right through. Elimination ceremonies. One of the girls was on the Oprah Winfrey show, and she went on a date with Usher. Flav's not cool with that, sends her home. Uh, another girl so, – What does he care? I don't know. I, like, she just seems like she's sort of there for exposure. That's, I guess, the, the issue that he has with it. Uh, and I think it, she's it,
1: the only one that's on the show for exposure. The rest are definitely looking for love.
2: Oh, they're all – sincere
1: <laughs> anyways um another one of the girls by
2: by the other women in the house is accused of having herpes so so uh flave calls a doctor and has a doctor come over and uh poke her in the lip with a with a fucking needle what they, yeah like she literally gets a, a needle in the lip um and, and it turns out that she just had a pimple she just had a pimple on her lips <laughs> So that's embarrassing that you had to get tested for that's herpes crazy. uh on live te- like you know on television in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Um another girl gets made fun of because she has really bad breath. Like her teeth are just fucked. Like she's got really really poor hygiene as far as her teeth are she's concerned. She's not
1: flossing. Now- she's probably spitting up blood all the time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to look at the big book of British smiles? <laughs> um So she goes to a dentist and tries to get that taken care of. And the dentist is like, yeah, your teeth are so fucked that it's probably going to cost $20,000 to do everything that we need to do. That's so bad. Oh, my God. She's she her fucking mouth is in bad shape. um, so she goes back to Flav and she's like, you know, I don't got the money for that, but I, I made this necklace and it's made out of breath mints so that, uh, you know, whenever I'm near you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be chewing on some breath mints and Flav's like, yeah, I know that's not good enough. I'm sending you home.
3: So <laughs> she gets sent home. That's so awful, dude. And that sucks so bad because like, I'm sure that half of her problem is that she's eating sugar too much. And then she's like, I just made this necklace out of sugar candies
2: yeah, she's really doubling down on it and just not helping anything. And this this girl worked in media uh, before she came on the show, so she was like uh, like a like a television host and and would like worked on like radio and stuff like that. And um, at, at the end of every season, there's sort of like a reunion episode where it's like eight months after the show is finished airing, and all the girls come back. And this girl comes back at the end of uh, uh, like in the reunion episode, and she's like, "Yeah, um, I can't find work anymore." Um, I'm the bad breath girl everywhere I go. Holy shit. Like, this show ruined my career. Like,
1: it fucked me. So, shit. This is yeah, like the most no, depressing um, fucking ending to our podcast.
2: Well, I mean, that's, like I said, like, right, He's from, keeping it real. right from the get-go, Flav doesn't want to be here. The whole thing's bullshit. It's just a fucking charade, right? Like, this is the worst season of Flavor of Love. Season two, best season. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Bessies. Anyway, so um, the like we'll we'll skip ahead here. So um, a couple of the girls are having like pretty obvious financial problems. Like Hot Atlanta has like four or five kids at home that Jesus. she says, yeah. Um, she they're getting evicted. By the way, while she's in the house, she gets an eviction notice, and uh, flave's like, Hey, uh, maybe you should go deal with that. And she's like, Nah, I'll stay here. <laughs> I, I want to be with you, Flav. Oh my God! He's like, yeah, no, I. What
3: are you doing to us?
2: Well, he's like, yo, um, yeah, that's not cool. I'm sending you home. I'm, you're going home now. So she gets sent home. Um, thing, I, I think it's either thing one or thing two. I'm not sure which one, but one of the twins gets sent home. Um, because she's just not feeling Flave as much as the other one. You know what I'm saying, saying? Mm-hmm. So. One of the twins gets sent home, and then one of the other girls is all like, oh, you know, Flav, now that her sister got sent home, she's having a real hard time. Can't handle it here. You know, she's having a, a, a real rough time. You know, like, can't handle it without her sister. Like, I, I think she's a bit of a pussy. I think she can't stand on her own, you know? You know what I'm saying? So Flav's like, yeah, I'm like, I totally buy that. I'm going to send her home. He sends her home. Two episodes later, he brings her back. Fucking brings her back in. And uh, she goes on to win the season. All right. Now we're gonna we're gonna do the reunion episode. So the reunion episode starts up, and uh, all the girls are trying to fist fight each other because they fucking hate each other. They're all you know throwing shoes at each other and shit like that, and just going, going going crazy, just going nuts. Right. Um, Flav brings out one of the things, thing one or two. I I forget. I think it's thing two. So he brings out thing two. And uh, the host of the show is like, so how, how's it going? Like, how's your relationship with Flav going? You know? And she's like, oh, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen him in a while. The last time I saw him, you know, he he took me to Benihana, so, so <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the last time I saw him. And Flav's like, you know, I I really care about you. You know, you're important to me. But um, I got a baby mama that you know just had my kid like recently, very recently, like eight months ago, had my kid. <laughs> He, he brings the baby mama out and he goes, uh, you know, I've been looking for love. I, I, you know, I've been doing this show looking for, for a woman, but turns out true love was in front of me all the time. And he proposes to her on TV on the reunion episode of season three <laughs> of Flavor of
1: <laughs> and He pr-
2: proposes to her and uh, she says yes. Now um if you guys would open up your uh Skype chat, please, I'm going to send you some images right now.
3: oh God,
1: I've never right. been more terrified to receive anything so, in this
2: chat. so here she is uh on on the reunion episode. you know when he is that proposed, the baby mama, that's the baby mama, okay
3: this is a couple years later. Oh, God, this is like body horror, isn't it? Oh, my
2: God. I know, right? Like, she aged centuries. (laughs) Dude, did you pick the worst fucking picture that you could find of her? Ah, man, that's just what she looks like now. She does not look okay. I think she might have developed a drug habit or something. Uh, You you think? (laughs) Yeah, between then and now, she's really fucked up. Anyways...
1: That's Flavor of Love Season 3. <laughs> God damn it. So that was American Werewolf in Paris from 1997, as picked by Adam. Uh, we, sort of. Sort of. Uh, just a quick reminder that, as always, we are doing the. Twitter takedown. But also, it is important for us to call out that we are on a quest, and that quest is for us to get 40 reviews on iTunes. I believe we're officially at the halfway mark at 20, so keep those reviews coming. Uh, If we get to the full 40, the goal, ideally, would be that we would get to the full 40 in time for the Twitter takedown so that not only will uh, Scott have to read this fanfic live on the podcast, but uh, he'll, he'll have to do it live on the Twitch stream. Uh, which would be even better. Um, I prefer so, to do it
3: that way, though. Yeah,
1: so we can see every visually confusing facial expression <laughs> while he's reading it. Um, so you know, get those get those reviews and rates and reviews in for us. Uh, we're we're honestly we we set the bar at forty. We thought that was a little high, but the fact that we're as close like already past the halfway point uh, is pretty awesome. Uh, and that's without us ever mentioning it on the podcast. I was strictly with us mentioning it on the Facebook page. So keep up the great work. And, uh, you know, get ready for that Twitter takedown. We've got a lot of cool stuff, uh, coming around the corner and we will have a guest with us next week as we talk about something with like dead television zombies or whatever.
0: What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Town TV. Pitch Town TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast.
1: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.